Chapter 15 of John, The Vine and the Branches. Dear God, please open our eyes to what this has to say and guide us in wisdom and understanding of the text that we read. In Jesus' name, amen. The Vine and the Branches. I. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I want to stop right there because this is pretty significant. There's a lot of things in here that are significant. Um, Jesus is the true vine. So like we were saying before, Jesus is connected to the Father and The father is the gardener. He's in charge of it all. He is the head of all. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So think about this. If someone is in Jesus, which is required to be in eternity with God, to Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So he cuts, the father cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So he gets rid of something if it doesn't bear fruit. Now, bearing fruit is obviously having, um, bringing others to, into the kingdom. And then he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So that means that even ones that are in Jesus that are connected with Jesus are still going to have some trials or struggles in their life because God is pruning them to be more fruitful. And a lot of times people's, the things that people overcome are the things that provide the most encouragement to others. When we overcome obstacles, that is encouragement to other people to get on board and to um, surrender to Jesus and by example, by testimonies of what happened, those are encouraging things for other people to take their faith seriously and not just um, leave it as something that isn't important because it is ultimately the most important thing in your life is your faith and your belief. It's not a side thing. It's not optional. There's going to be a day where you're going to have to make a decision for or against God. And you're better off if you make that decision sooner. If you want to be in God's eternity, that you just do it now. And let's get back to the text. Um, You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. I honestly do not understand this statement. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. I'm not exactly sure that I understand that. So I'm not going to comment on it. Maybe someday I will get revelation about that, but um, I don't, it doesn't bring to mind any other texts or situations. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. If anybody knows about that, please comment because I would like to understand that better. Uh, Then Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So it's, again, very important to stay connected to the vine, connected to Jesus. It's all Jesus the Father and the Father were connected through the vine. The scripture is the word of God and prayer is also communication to stay connected with God. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's so important that we realize this, that when we're on our own, we really can do nothing. But with God, the impossible can happen. And a lot of people just don't seem to get that. And a lot of people think that everything they do is something that they themselves do and they don't need God's help for that when someday they are going to realize that is not true. And it's it's like pride. If you think it's all happening because of you, because of something that I did, everything is is, you know, wonderful or I did this or I created this, that's all pride. And it says in scripture that pride goes comes before the fall. And anyone who is prideful like that, there is going to be a time, and God has appointed times, it doesn't always happen immediately, but maybe God lets it build up so that we really learn a lesson. Like once we start feeling like, oh, I did this and I did that and I'm so great, God will let you get to a certain point where you're very confident in yourself, and then he'll just like take it all away. And that's the pruning, I believe, that God does with us um, to get us in line, to get us to um, understand that, you know, God is the head of everything. And, and we, that the blessings that we get through God are, are gifts. We're not doing it on our own. God does bless his children. He loves to give good gifts to his children, but we can't mistake it for something we did. Like he gave us all of our skills anyway. I mean, he created us. Everything is from God and everything that God gave us, he can take away. In fact, I used to have a problem with this, um, this concept because one of the things that I used to struggle with was that my children were more important. And I used to have to pray to God and say, I know you're supposed to be the most important, but I can't help it. My kids, I mean, I just can't you know, and I would think about um, Abraham and his sacrifice um, with Isaac, and I—I I don't know how I would have reacted at that point. Um, I probably would not have been obedient because of the way I was thinking. And but then, if you really think about what the truth is, what Scripture says is that God gave us our children. If we have children, God gave us our children. And if he gave us our children, he could also take away our children. And that reality finally sunk in with me where I understood that my children are a gift from God. And God is the ultimate being. And God God gives and he can take. And it's it's that power and authority 
that we have to realize we have to realize our position in the in the world and our status in the world and not let ourselves think we are at a level that we are not because God is the ultimate and we have to respect that and i when you think about how god is the ultimate creator of everything and you think about the disrespect in the world that you see towards god towards jesus it's unbelievable to me because that is I, I just can't even imagine because every action has a consequence. And those people who do that and those who, just for example, disrespecting the name of God, we have a culture that uses God, Jesus, Jesus Christ, those kinds of things, those words in ways they should not be used. And that is so disrespectful. And it drives me crazy when I hear people say that. And it's so ingrained into our culture. And that is negative spiritual evil influences on people where it's becoming common, common, where people just talk like that. And they don't even think about it. People don't think they're not intentionally speaking rudely about God, but yet it's in our common culture. I mean, it, it just, when you do things without even thinking, that's the way it is in our world. And it's horrible because if you really stop and think the words that we're using and who it's, re, who it's talking about, who those names, you know, Jesus, God, the names of the people that, um, the beings that the creator that we're using. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. And, um, and I would love to see that change in people. And I would say probably, you know, I probably have said that. Um, and I had to work to not say it just because, like I said, the culture ingrains it so much where you say those things, but you really have to think about the words that you use because they are important. And I'm getting off on this tangent, so I'm going to go back to scripture. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. This is really interesting. And I think this is a big warning to a lot of existing Christians believers who go to one of those uh, softy kind of churches that makes that says things so that it, nobody gets upset, nobody gets offended, and they keep a big congregation. But right here, Jesus is saying, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, I this whole thing about um, once saved, always saved, I do not believe that doctrine. That's a made-up doctrine, and I do not believe it because of statements like this. This is from Jesus. We have to stay close to God. We have to stay connected to God. We can't just go and say, okay, I I got baptized or I surrendered, and, and now I'm just going to go back and keep living the way I was living. That's not that's not saved. And I think there are people who falsely think they're saved. They think if they say a prayer and then they do nothing else, but they've given their life to God, that they will be saved. Um, 
if they truly had heartfelt intent, yes, the Holy Spirit will work with, you know, God, anyone who truly has their heart set on it. It's not saying that we're going to be perfect once we surrender, but there is a misconception. And this is another thing or a misunderstanding, I think, by people that they think it's so simple and you just do this one thing and then it's like these magic words and all of a sudden you're saved or you just believe you know that Jesus exists and what he taught the belief is very different like the belief in a true believer when you understand when you believe what Jesus taught it'll make you by cho- I said make you but I mean you will choose to be obedient to God because you will understand the consequences of that And so many people do not talk about that. And it's very clear in scripture like this, like how much clearer could be with Jesus saying, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. That's like, if you don't stay connected to Jesus, you're, you're part of the, the people that are going to go into separation from God for eternity. And people need to know this. When you talk about saying the truth in love, that's the truth in love. If you don't wake up and understand this, if you're believing that, you need to stay connected to Jesus. And God is merciful. He's kind. He's forgiving. And there's a difference between um, being perfect because we're not going to be righteous. You are going to have, we all are going to have mistakes that we make along the way. But as soon as we make a mistake, we're going to God and saying, I messed up. I need forgiveness. And, and God forgives. And then we get back on the path that we've been on and we stay connected. It's so important to read scripture. I didn't realize how important it was to read scripture or for prayer until recently. And, and it's now that I know that that's why I can't understand how anybody once they truly understand this could ever fall away, because it's like you want to cling on to God and not let go just like God does that with us. But this is also a person who truly understands salvation, that you will not let it go because you know where you were before and what the future holds. And when that becomes reality to you, it changes the way you live your life because you know the truth. You know the truth of how it's going to end. So I'll get back to scripture. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is a beautiful blessing that Jesus is saying, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, if we live by what Jesus taught, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Of course, we're not going to be asking for anything that's unrighteous because he's talking about remaining in him and the words remaining in you. So it's something in adherence to scripture, what Jesus taught. It's the way that he taught us to live and he the things that he taught about us, about, about God, about his father. And, um, and it's, but it says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's multiple times in scripture where it says, basically, if we are living by 
what Jesus taught, and we ask for anything, it will be done in Jesus's name. This is multiple times in scripture that says it. So that's a blessing for anyone who is in Christ, who is obedient, who's chosen to live the way that Jesus has taught. You can ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. That's an amazing promise. That's a that's God's promise right there. I mean, that's something to live by. Um, just to think there is a reward in everyday living of choosing the right thing. Every day when we have a choice to go against God or to stay in Christ, there's a blessing right there. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is, as Jesus said before, everything is for the Father's glory so that we all realize how great God is and that we will successfully bring others into the kingdom and show that we are disciples, we are students of Jesus by the way that we live. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And then he says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So again, we show God that we love him by keeping his commandments, by keeping his commands, by living according to the way that Jesus taught. We don't earn our salvation by that because Jesus did that. Jesus, we have to put the emphasis on the, no matter how good we could try to be, we're not going to be perfect. We are corrupted by sin from early, early on in the creation. And the only way that it was possible was because Jesus did what he did. He died on the cross and he raised and he was obedient to the father the entire time that he was on earth. He was sinless. He did what he was connected. He stayed connected. How many times, if you look in scripture, did Jesus wander off into the wilderness or he went somewhere so he could pray? He prayed all the time to the Father. He was constantly in communication with the Father. He didn't enjoy being separated from the Father. And he stayed connected even though he was here on earth and he was doing exactly the will of the Father. And that's what we, he showed us by example. That's what he wants us to do as well. And there are blessings for remaining in God, remaining in Jesus. And acknowledging that Jesus is the one who made it possible for us to be in God's eternity. It's all because of this, the law of sacrifice and death, like the wages of sin is death. So we all are slated to die, but Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Um, In the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed when Jesus came on earth, he was the perfect sacrifice, unblemished. Um, Right now we have the heifers over in Israel, and there are three of them currently who who don't have any white hairs and are possibly going to be the ones that will be used, one of them, 
for atonement, but that is no longer required because Jesus did that. But the people who don't believe in Jesus are looking to the heifers because that was the Old Testament means, but that was just symbolic of what the ultimate sacrifice would be in the future of Jesus. It's a law that God had. God created all laws, and it was a law that was in place, but Jesus finally took care of it. Um, everything that was sacrificed prior to Jesus was was blemished, but Jesus was unblemished. So he was the perfect solution to the problem we had of death. And Jesus is the one who did that. So in obedience, we're not earning salvation. The only way we got salvation was because of Jesus. So he already took care of that for everyone. But we are showing God that we love him. And it's also a command to us to remain in him, to be obedient. So I don't see how we can avoid keeping God's commands or doing our best to keep God's commands because this is out of Jesus's mouth what we need to do. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from the Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Again, this is another time Jesus said, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And he's telling his disciples that, you are my friends. He's telling them in advance that he is going to die for them. He's laying down his life for his friends. And he wants us to act in love towards one another. So bringing others into the kingdom so that they can enjoy, so that we can all be together in the future. That's what Jesus's whole purpose was, to communicate to us, there is God's kingdom that's coming and Jesus will return. He's going to take us with him into God's kingdom. And that everything that is burdensome here in the world will be gone, will be diminished once God destroys everything that's evil and separates evil from good. And that is our future. Getting back to scripture. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. That's another thing. We just have to realize that the world in general, and you can see it everywhere, that not everywhere, but um, you can see it in a lot of places that Jesus causes a big problem with people, the name of Jesus, because that is everything that's, the, you know, when they talk about the Antichrist spirit, that's against Christ. So the ones that are against Christ are the ones who um, are in this world and 
it's the mainstream culture that you see anyone that Jesus is the divide, the division. And he said, that's what he would be. And that's true because that's what it is. I mean, that's what divides the three, the three similar religions where you have Christianity, um, Judaism, and Islam. Jesus is the one belief that separates all three. So there is not, there's not a cohesiveness because Jesus is the one that separates everything. And let's get back to scripture. Um, As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you the way this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. So this is something that is is concerning that um once the gospel is preached to someone, if they reject it, then they are guilty of sin. The people who have not heard of any of this are not guilty of sin because they are, don't do not know. But as soon as the gospel is shared with someone and someone rejects it, then they become guilty because they know. So God is just. He gives all of us a chance, an opportunity to accept or reject, and then whatever we decide is the consequence. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. So whoever hates Jesus hates God. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. And that's a reference to the Psalms 35, 19, and Psalm 69 through 4. The work of the Holy Spirit. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit is coming. This is multiple times again that he's talked about the Holy Spirit coming. And the Holy Spirit gives truth. And it's the Holy Spirit is from the Father. So Jesus asks the Father, the Father sends it to the disciples, and then the truth is known, but it also, when the truth is known, it's also there's a requirement to testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So all of Jesus' disciples, he wanted them to go out and testify and to be witnesses to what happened when they were with him, what they learned about God during the time they spent with Jesus. And that's the same thing for all of us who learn about Jesus and learn about God's future kingdom. It's our responsibility to share that with others. We don't have to make others believe that way. 
We never force anyone to believe, but it's our responsibility and it's that's how we love one another. If we let each other know that there is God's kingdom and that they can be in God's kingdom and it's fairly simple, uh, but it requires staying connected with scripture and staying in Christ. Obviously, through this chapter, you can see how important it is to stay connected to Jesus, to stay in the word, to stay prayerful. And I wish churches emphasized this more, emphasized reading of scripture, emphasized staying in prayer. This is all for people's good if if we do this. And I didn't know a lot of this until I read the Bible for the first time a few years ago. And it made a huge impact on me and it changed my life. And it's changed other people's lives. And you find when it happens to you, you will find other people that will tell you the same experiences. They will tell you how things really changed, how their eyes got open to a lot of things in the world. And it's through scripture. So scripture is so important to keep reading, keep staying connected with scripture and stay in prayer with God and Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.